story one of the loot of cities by arnold bennett this librivox recording is in the public domain story one the loot of cities chapter five in the capital of the sahara mrs mcallister turned with sudden eagerness and alarm towards cecil thurold the crowd on the lawn in front of the railings was so dense that only heads could be moved and she said excitedly i'm sure i can see my ghost across there she indicated with her agreeable snub nose the opposite side of the course your ghost cecil questioned puzzled for a moment by this extraordinary remark then the arab horsemen swept by in a cloud of dust and of thunder and monopolized the attention of the lawn and the grandstand and the elite of biskra crammed thereon and therein they had one more lap to accomplish for the prix de la via biskra is an oasis in the desert and the capital of the algerian sahara two days journey by train from algiers over the jujura ranges it is the last outpost of the algerian state railways it has a hundred and sixty thousand palm trees but the first symptom of biskra to be observed from the approaching first-class carriage is the chimney of the electric light plant besides the hundred and sixty thousand palm trees it possesses half a dozen large hotels five native villages a fort a huge barracks a very ornamental town hall shops for photographic materials a whole street of dancing girls the finest winter climate in all africa and a gambling casino it is a unique thing in oases it completely upsets the conventional idea of an oasis as a pool of water bordered with a few date palms and the limitless desert all around nevertheless though biskra as much resembles paris as it resembles the conventional idea of an oasis it is genuine enough and the limitless desert is in fact all around you may walk out into the desert and meet a motor-car manoeuvring in the sand but the sand remains the sand and the desert remains the desert and the sahara more majestic than the sea itself refuses to be cheapened by the pneumatic tires of a mercedes or the blue rays of the electric light or the feet of english french and germans wandering in search of novelty it persists in being august once a year in february biskra becomes really and excessively excited and the occasion is its annual two-day race meeting then the tribes and their chieftains and their horses and their camels arrive magically out of the four corners of the desert and fill the oasis and the english french and germans arrive from the mediterranean coast with their trunks and their civilization and crowd the hotels till beds in biskra are precious beyond rubies and under the tropical sun east and west meet magnificently in the afternoon on the race-course to the north of the european reserve and the tribesmen their scraggy steeds trailing superb horse-claws are arranged in hundreds behind the motor-cars and landaus with the pari mutuel in full swing twenty yards away and the dancing girls the renowned ouled niles covered with gold coins and with muslim in high crude violent purples greens vermilions shriek and whinny on their benches just opposite the grandstand where the western women arrayed in the toilettes of worth doucet and redfern quiz them through their glasses and fringing all is a crowd of the adventurers and rascals of two continents the dark and the light and in the background the palms wave eternally in the breeze 
and to the east the ores mountains snow-capped rise in hues of saffron and pale rose like stage mountains against the sapphire sky and to the south a line of telegraph poles lessens and disappears over the verge into the inmost heart of the mysterious and unchangeable sahara it was amid this singular scene that mrs McAllister made to cecil thurl her bizarre remark about a ghost what ghost the millionaire repeated when the horseman had passed then he remembered that on the famous night now nearly a month ago when the hotel st james at algiers was literally sacked by an organized band of depredators and valuables to the tune of forty thousand pounds disappeared mrs McAllister had given the first alarm by crying out that there was a ghost in her room ah he smiled easily condescendingly to this pertinacious widow who had been pursuing him so fruitlessly for four mortal weeks from algiers to tunis from tunis back to constantine and from constantine here to biskra all arabs look more or less alike you know but yes he said again they all look alike to us like chinamen considering that he himself from his own yacht had witnessed the total loss in the mediterranean of the vessel which contained the plunder and the fleeing band of thieves considering that his own yacht had rescued the only three survivors of that shipwreck and that these survivors had made a full confession and had only two days since been duly sentenced by the criminal court at algiers he did not feel inclined to minister to mrs McAllister's feminine fancies did you ever see an arab with a mole on his chin asked mrs McAllister. no i never did well my arab had a mole on his chin and that is why i am sure it was he that i saw a minute ago over there now he's gone now the competing horsemen appeared round the bend for the last time the dancing girls whinnied in their high treble the crowd roared and the prix de la ville was won and lost it was the final race on the card and in the melee which followed cecil became separated from his adorer she was to depart on the morrow by the six a m train urgent business she said she had given up the chase of the millionaire perhaps she's out of funds poor thing he reflected anyhow i hope i may never see her again as a matter of fact he never did see her again she passed out of his life as casually as she had come into it he strolled slowly towards the hotel through the perturbed crowd of arabs europeans carriages camels horses and motor-cars the mounted tribesmen were in a state of intense excitement and were continually burning powder in that mad fashion which seems to afford a peculiar joy to the arab soul from time to time a tribesman would break out of the ranks of his clan and spurring his horse and dropping the reins on the animal's neck would fire revolvers from both hands as he flew over the rough ground it was unrivalled horsemanship and cecil admired immensely the manner in which at the end of the frenzied performance these men drunk with powder would wheel their horses sharply while at full gallop and stop dead and then as one man who had passed him like a hurricane turned paused and jogged back to his tribe cecil saw that he had a mole on his chin he stood still to watch the splendid fellow and he noticed something far more important than the mole he perceived that the revolver in the man's right hand had a chaste butt 
i can't swear to it cecil mused but if that isn't my revolver stolen from under my pillow at the hotel st james algiers on the tenth of january last my name is norval and not thorold and the whole edifice of his ideas concerning the robbery at the hotel de paris began to shake that revolver ought to be at the bottom of the mediterranean he said to himself and so ought mrs mcallister's man with the mole according to the accepted theory of the crime and the story of the survivors of the shipwreck of the Periquet vert he walked on keeping the man in sight suppose he murmured suppose all that stuff isn't at the bottom of the mediterranean after all a hundred yards further on he happened to meet one of the white-clad native guides attached to the royal hotel where he had lunched the guide saluted and offered service as all the biskra guides do on all occasions cecil's reply was to point out the man with the mole you see him mahatmat said cecil make no mistake find out what tribe he belongs to where he comes from and where he sleeps in biskra and i will give you a sovereign meet me at the casino to-night at ten mahatma grinned an honest grin and promised to earn the sovereign cecil stopped an empty landau and drove hurriedly to the station to meet the afternoon train from civilization he had arrived in biskra that morning by road from el cantara and lecky was coming by the afternoon train with the luggage on seeing him he gave that invaluable factotum some surprising orders in addition to lecky the millionaire observed among the passengers descending from the train two other people who were known to him but he carefully hid himself from these ladies in three minutes he had disappeared into the nocturnal whirl and uproar of biskra solely bent on proving or disproving the truth of a brand new theory concerning the historic sack of the hotel st james but that night he waited in vain for mahatmat at the packed casino where the arab chieftains and the english gentlemen alike in their tremendous calm were losing money at petit chevaux with all the imperturbability of stone statues two nor did cecil see anything of mahatmat during the next day and he had reasons for not making inquiries about him at the royal hotel but at night as he was crossing the deserted market mahatmat came up to him suddenly out of nowhere and grinning the eternal honest foolish grin said in his odd english i have found him where come said mahatmat mysteriously the eastern guide loves to be mysterious cecil followed him far down the carnivalesque street of the ouled niles where tom-toms and nameless instruments of music sounded from every other house and the primera danseuses of the sahara showed themselves gorgeously behind grills like beautiful animals in cages then mahatmat entered a crowded cafe passed through it and pushing aside a suspended mat at the other end bade cecil proceed further cecil touched his revolver his new revolver to make sure of its company and proceeded further he found himself in a low oriental room lighted by an odorous english lamp with a circular wick and furnished with a fine carpet and two bedroom chairs certainly made in curtain road shoreditch a room characteristic of bistra on one chair sat a man but this person was not mrs mcallister's man with the mole he was obviously a frenchman by his dress gestures and speech 
he greeted the millionaire in french and then dropped into english excellently grammatical and often idiomatic english spoken with a strong french accent he was rather a little man thin gray and vivacious give yourself the pain of sitting down said the frenchman i'm glad to see you you may be able to help us you have the advantage of me cecil replied smiling perhaps said the frenchman you came to biskra yesterday mr thorold with the intention of staying at the royal hotel where rooms were engaged for you but yesterday afternoon you went to the station to meet your servant and you ordered him to return to constantine with your luggage and to await your instructions there then you took a handbag and went to the casino hotel and you managed by means of diplomacy and of money to get a bed in the salle manger it was all they could do for you you gave the name of collins biskra therefore is not officially aware of the presence of mr cecil thorold the millionaire while mr collins is free to carry on his researches to appear and to disappear as it pleases him yes cecil remarked you have got that fairly right but may i ask oh, let us come to business at once said the frenchman politely interrupting him is this your watch he dramatically pulled a watch and chain from his pocket it is said cecil quietly he refrained from embroidering the affirmative with exclamations it was stolen from my bedroom at the hotel st james with my revolver some fur and a quantity of money on the tenth of january you are surprised to find it is not sunk in the mediterranean thirty hours ago i should have been surprised said cecil now i am not and why not now because i have formed a new theory but have the goodness to give me the watch i cannot said the frenchman graciously not at present there was a pause the sound of music was heard from the cafe but my dear sir i insist cecil spoke positively the frenchman laughed i will be perfectly frank with you mr thorold your cleverness in forming a new theory of the great robbery merits all my candour my name is sylvain and i am head of the detective force of algiers chef de la Surete. you will perceive that i cannot part with the watch without proper formalities mr thorold the robbery at the hotel st james was a work of the highest criminal art possibly i had better tell you the nature of our recent discoveries i always thought well of the robbery cecil observed and my opinion of it is rising pray continue according to your new theory mr thorold how many persons were on board the parquet vert when she began to sink three said cecil promptly as though answering a conundrum the frenchman beamed you are admirable he exclaimed yes instead of eighteen there were three the wreck of the parquet vert was carefully prearranged the visit of the boat to the parquet vert off mustapha in ferrier was what you call i believe a plant the stolen goods never left dry land there were three arabs only on the parquet vert one to steer her and the other two in the engine-room and these three were very careful to get themselves saved they scuttled their ship in sight of your yacht and of another vessel there is no doubt mr thorold the frenchman smiled with a hint of irony that the thieves were fully au courant of your doings on the clarabelle the shipwreck was done deliberately with you and your yacht for an audience it was a masterly stroke 
he proceeded almost enthusiastically for it had the effect not merely of drawing away suspicion from the true direction but of putting an end to all further inquiries were not the goods at the bottom of the sea and the thieves drowned what motive could the police have for further activity in six months nay three months all the notes and securities could be safely negotiated because no measures would have to be taken to stop them why take measures to stop notes that are at the bottom of the sea but the three survivors who are now in prison cecil said their behaviour their lying needs some accounting for oh, quite simple the frenchman went on they are in prison for three years what is that to an arab he will suffer it with stoicism say that ten thousand francs are deposited with each of their families when they come out they are rich for life at a cost of thirty thousand francs and the price of the ship say another thirty thousand the thieves reasonably expected to obtain absolute security it was a heroic idea said cecil it was said the frenchman but it has failed oh, evidently but why can you ask you know as well as i do it has failed partly because there were too many persons in the secret partly because of the arab love of display on great occasions and partly because of a mole on a man's chin by the way that was the man i came here to see cecil remarked he is arrested said the frenchman curtly and then he sighed the booty was not guarded with sufficient restrictions it was not kept in bulk one thief probably said i cannot do without this lovely watch and another said what a revolver i must have it ah the arab the arab the europeans ought to have provided for that that is where they were foolish the idiots the idiots he repeated angrily you seem annoyed mr thorold i am a poet of these things it annoys me to see a fine composition ruined by bad construction in the fifth act however as chief of the surety i rejoice you have located the thieves and the plunder i think i have certainly i have captured two of the thieves and several articles the bulk lies at he stopped and looked around mr thorold may i rely on you i know perhaps more than you think of your powers may i rely on you you may said cecil you will hold yourself at my disposition during to-morrow to assist me with pleasure then let us take coffee in the morning i shall have acquired certain precise information which at the moment i lack let us take coffee three on the following morning somewhat early while walking near Messid, one of the tiny outlying villages of the oasis cecil met e fincastle and kitty sartorius whom he had not spoken with since the affair of the bracelet at bruges though he had heard from them and had indeed seen them at the station two days before e fincastle had fallen rather seriously ill at menton and the holiday of the two girls which should have finished before the end of the year was prolonged financially the enforced leisure was a matter of trifling importance to kitty sartorius who had insisted on remaining with her friend much to the disgust of her london manager but the journalist's resources were less royal and eve considered herself fortunate that she had obtained from her newspaper some special descriptive correspondence in algeria it was this commission which had brought her and kitty with her in the natural course of an algerian tour to biskra 
cecil was charmed to see his acquaintances for eve interested him and kitty's beauty it goes without saying dazzled him nevertheless he had been as it were hiding himself and in his character as an amateur of the loot of cities he would have preferred to have met them on some morning other than that particular morning you will go with us to city okba won't you to-day said kitty after they had talked a while we've secured a carriage and i'm dying for a drive in the real true desert sorry i can't said cecil oh but e fincastle began and stopped of course you can said kitty imperiously you must we leave to-morrow we're only here for two days for algiers and france another two days in paris and then london my darling london and work so it's understood it desolates me said cecil but i can't go with you to city okba to-day they both saw that he meant to refuse them oh, that settles it then eve agreed quietly you're horrid mr thorold said the bewitching actress and if you imagine for a single moment we haven't seen that you've been keeping out of our way you're mistaken you must have noticed us at the station eve thinks you've got another of your no i don't kitty said eve quickly if miss fincastle suspects that i've got another of my he paused humorously miss fincastle is right i have got another of my i throw myself on your magnanimity i am staying in biskra under the name of collins and my time like my name is not my own in that case eve remarked we will pass on and they shook hands with a certain frigidity on the part of the two girls during the morning uh, monsieur sylvain made no sign and cecil lunched in solitude at the darif adjoining the casino the races being over streams of natives with their tents and their quadrupeds were leaving biskra for the desert they made an interminable procession which could be seen from the window of the darif coffee-room cecil was idly watching this procession when a hand touched his shoulder he turned and saw a gendarme monsieur collant questioned the gendarme cecil assented voulez-vous avoir l'obligance de me s'ouvrir monsieur cecil obediently followed and found in the street monsieur sylvain well wrapped up and seated in an open carriage i have need of you said monsieur sylvain can you come at once certainly in two minutes they were driving away together into the desert our destination is city okba said monsieur sylvain a curious place the road so called led across the biskra river so called and then in a straight line eastwards the river had about the depth of a dinner plate as for the road in some parts it not only merely failed to be a road it was nothing but virgin desert intact at its best it was a heaving and treacherous mixture of sand and pebbles through which and not over which the two unhappy horses had to drag monsieur sylvain's unfortunate open carriage monsieur sylvain himself drove i am well acquainted with this part of the desert he said we have strange cases sometimes and when i am on important business i never trust an arab by the way you have a revolver i do not anticipate danger but i have one said cecil and it is loaded cecil took the weapon from his hip pocket and examined it it is loaded he said 
good exclaimed the frenchman and then he turned to the gendarme who was sitting as impassively as the leaps and bounds of the carriage would allow on a small seat immediately behind the other two and demanded of him in french whether his revolver also was loaded the man gave a respectful affirmative good exclaimed m sylvain again and launched into a description of the wondrous gardens of the comte landon whose walls on the confines of the oasis they were just passing straight in front could be seen a short line of palm trees waving in the desert breeze under the desert sun and cecil asked what they were city okba replied m sylvain the hundred and eighty thousand palms of the desert city of city okba they seem uh, near to you no doubt but we shall travel twenty kilometres before we reach them the effect of nearness is due to the singular quality of the atmosphere it is a two hours journey then do we return in the dark cecil inquired if we are lucky we may return at once and arrive at biskra at dusk if not well we shall spend the night at city okba you object oh, not at all a curious place observed m sylvain soon they had left behind all traces of the oasis and were in the real true desert they met and passed native equipage and strings of camels and from time to time on either hand at short distances from the road could be seen the encampments of wandering tribes and after interminable joltings in which m sylvain his guest and his gendarme were frequently hurled at each other's heads with excessive violence the short line of palm trees began to seem a little nearer and to occupy a little more of the horizon and then they could descry the wall of the city and at last they reached its gate and the beggars squatting within its gate descend m sylvain ordered his subordinate the man disappeared and m sylvain and cecil drove into the city they met several carriages of biskra visitors just setting forth on their return journey in insisting that city okba was a curious place m sylvain did not exaggerate it was an eastern town of the most antique sort built solely of mud with the simplicity the foulness the smells and the avowed and the secret horrors which might be expected in a community which has not altered its habits in any particular for a thousand years during several months of each year it is visited daily by europeans its mosque is the oldest mohammedan building in africa therefore no respectable tourist dares to miss it and yet it remains absolutely uninfluenced by european notions the european person must take his food with him he is allowed to eat it in the garden of a cafe which is european as far as its sign and its counter but no further he could not eat it in the cafe itself this cafe is the mark which civilization has succeeded in making on sidi okba in ten centuries as cecil drove with m sylvain through the narrow winding street he acutely felt the east closing in upon him and since the sun was getting low over the palm-trees he was glad to have the detective by his side they arrived at the wretched cafe a pair-horse vehicle with the horses heads towards biskra was waiting at the door unspeakable lanes fetid winding sinister and strangely peopled led away in several directions m sylvain glanced about him we shall proceed he murmured cheerfully follow me 
and they went into the mark of civilization and saw the counter and a female creature behind the bar and through another door a glimpse of the garden beyond follow me murmured monsieur sylvain again opening another door to the left into a dark passage straight on there is a room at the other end they vanished in a few seconds monsieur sylvain returned into the cafe four now in the garden were eve fincastle and kitty sartorius tying up some wraps preparatory to their departure for biskra they caught sight of cecil thorold and his companion entering the cafe and they were surprised to find the millionaire in sidi okba after his refusal to accompany them through the back door of the cafe they saw cecil's companion reappear out of the passage they saw the creature behind the counter stoop and produce a revolver and then offer it to the frenchman with a furtive movement they saw that the frenchman declined it and drew another revolver from his own pocket and winked and the character of the wink given by the frenchman to the woman made them turn pale under the sudden knife-like thrust of an awful suspicion the frenchman looked up and perceived the girls in the garden and one glance at kitty's beauty was not enough for him can you keep him here a minute while i warn mr thorold said eve quickly kitty sartorius nodded and began to smile on the frenchman she then lifted her finger beckoningly if millions had depended on his refusal it is doubtful whether he would have resisted that charming gesture not for nothing did kitty sartorius receive a hundred a week at the regency theatre in a moment the frenchman was talking to her and she had enveloped him in a golden mist of enchantment guided by a profound instinct eve ran up the passage and into the room where cecil was awaiting the return of his monsieur sylvain come out she whispered passionately as if between violent anger and dreadful alarm you are trapped you with your schemes trapped he exclaimed smiling not at all i have my revolver his hand touched his pocket by jove i have not it's gone the miraculous change in his face was of the highest interest come out she cried our carriage is waiting in the cafe kitty sartorius was talking to the frenchman she stroked his sleeve with her gloved hand and he the frenchman still held the revolver which he had displayed to the woman of the counter inspired by the consummate and swiftly aroused emotion of that moment cecil snatched at the revolver the three friends walked hastily to the street jumped into the carriage and drove away already as they approached the city gate they could see the white tower of the royal hotel at biskra shining across the desert like a promise of security the whole episode had lasted perhaps two minutes but they were minutes of such intense and blinding revelation as cecil had never before experienced he sighed with relief as he lay back in the carriage and that's the man he meditated sounded who must have planned the robbery of the hotel st james and i never suspected it i never suspected that his gendarme was a sham i wonder whether his murder of me would have been as leisurely and artistic as his method of trapping me i wonder well this time i have certainly enjoyed myself then he gazed at eve fincastle the women said nothing for a long time and even then the talk was of trifles five eve fincastle had gone up on to the vast flat roof of the royal hotel and cecil knowing that she was there followed 
the sun had just set and biskra lay spread out below them in the rich evening light which already eastwards had turned to sapphire they could still see the line of the palm-trees of city okba and in another direction the long lonely road to figui stretching across the desert like a rope which had been flung from heaven on the waste of sand the Ares mountains were black and jagged nearer immediately under them was the various life of the great oasis and the sounds of that life human speech the rattle of carriages the grunts of camels in the camel enclosure the whistling of an engine at the station the melancholy wails of hawkers ascended softly in the twilight of the sahara cecil approached her but she did not turn towards him i want to thank you he started she made no movement and then suddenly she burst out why do you continue with these shameful plots and schemes she demanded looking always steadily away from him why do you disgrace yourself was this another theft another blackmailing another affair like that at ostend why she stopped deeply disturbed unable to control herself my dear journalist he said quietly you don't understand let me tell you he gave her his history from the night summons by mrs mcallister to that same afternoon she faced him oh i'm so glad she murmured you can't imagine i want to thank you for saving my life he said again she began to cry her body shook she hid her face but he stammered awkwardly oh it isn't i who saved your life she said sobbing passionately i wasn't beautiful enough only kitty could have done it only a beautiful woman could have kept that man i know all about it my dear girl cecil silenced her disavowal something moved him to take her hand she smiled sadly not resisting you must excuse me she murmured i'm not myself to-night it's because of the excitement anyhow i'm glad you haven't taken any loot this time but i have he protested he was surprised to find his voice trembling what this he pressed her hand tenderly that she looked at her hand lying in his as though she had never seen it before eve he whispered about two-thirds of the loot of the hotel st james was ultimately recovered not at city okba but in the cellars of the hotel st james itself from first to last that robbery was a masterpiece of audacity its originator the soi disant monsieur sylvain head of the algiers detective force is still at large end of a story one part five